Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. Paid for my life, God's perfect sacrifice, sufficient for me. The blood of God to atone, my sin you made your own. You have set me free. You alone have risen, you alone have saved us, you alone have rescued us from the grave. You reign now, all creation cries out You alone are king You alone Good Saturday afternoon to you, Treasure Valley. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. First part of the show, I attempt to tell you what Victory Over Sin is and who pays for the bills for this. Victory Over Sin is funded by an advocacy arm of the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul here in Idaho. Our mission, if you will, is to educate the Idahoan and you, the listener, about what it's like to come out of prison on parole and to talk about those issues, to educate you about those issues. We would contend that you in Idaho do not know the extent to which the number of people we have incarcerated, how much it costs, more importantly, how much that emotional cost is for the people who are incarcerated and their families. We do that in several different ways, and we've been doing it for about almost three years now. This radio program is one of those options, and this radio show has been going for almost two and a half years now. If you go back to the archives of KBXL and look up uh, Victor Everson, you can see the shows, and you'll see a litany of people who have been on the show and talked to me. They've been the directors of the Department of Corrections. They've been national figures. They've been politicians. Importantly, they've been people who are just out of incarceration and who are succeeding. They have been people who have not succeeded and come out and told their stories. It's very powerful in terms of uh, a body of work, if you will, about what happens to people that come out of incarceration. So we would love for you to go back and take a look at that. In addition to that, what we do is a PowerPoint that we will come out to your business, to your church, to your social group, and we will present. It's about a 20-minute PowerPoint, and it is delivered by a returning citizen. So they will show this PowerPoint that hopefully gives you some insight as to what the Department of Corrections does here in Idaho. It's meant to spark discussion on what goes on and how much this costs. And then at the end, they answer questions that you might have. So that's powerful. If you want any information about what we talk about today, at the end of the show, you will, uh, I will tell you how to get in touch with me, and we will answer any questions that we can. So good things are happening in terms of uh, what's going on in the world right now with us. We do have a new office. If you haven't been there, you should come by. It's at 8620 West Emerald Suite 140, and that's in Boise, Idaho, corner of uh, Emerald and Benjamin. We're right adjacent to IDOC's new one-stop shop. Everybody in that organization and in my office has been incarcerated. So if you're just out of incarceration, this is the place we really want you to go the first day. We can offer you some resources. And more importantly, we're gonna, you're going to see a face and people that have gone through what you're going through right now. The other things we've got coming up in the future that we want you to put on your calendar, uh, the Community Information Resource Fair this year is going to be on September the 11th, and it'll be at the Vineyard Boise, and that's an all-day affair where you can find out everything you need to find out about um, people who are incarcerated. There's all sorts of agencies there. Last year, there was 120 agencies. They're anticipating it to be a larger number this year. 
In addition to that, we're excited that the, to the night before, Glenn E. Martin is coming from New York to speak to a group in that same facility. So save both those dates. And uh, if you've been in, if you know somebody that's incarcerated, has been incarcerated, we want you there in that capacity on those evenings. I've got a very special guest who I'm excited to talk to uh, in just a second, and we'll be right back. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and coffee shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. Okay. Um, one of the cool things about having a show is you get to put, pick guests. And actually, somebody who I've always really wanted to be on the show is a gentleman, a friend of mine who I've known, I think, since I was 12 years old. Mr. Bruce Alder from Denver, Colorado is here. Bruce, welcome. Welcome. Thank you very much, Mark. How are yes, you? Yes, it's been since we've been about, we met in uh, prior to ninth grade. I know it. We've known each other a long time. I always tell people, uh, I, I wrote down on here in the notes that you are, in terms of those questions on security things, on banks and those, uh, when you're doing passwords, they say, who's your best friend? And I always type your name in. So uh, those of you who are trying to hack my computer, you know that who my best friend is, you can type in Bruce. So, Well, you should not share that with the whole world. Oh, okay. So I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> Just our friends are listening. That's the only people. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your background, sir. Well, first off, calling me sir is really uncomfortable, but uh, let's see. I'm, I'm an old man now, uh, like we have said. I hope, I've known Mark said. I hope you're not an old man, because you and I are the same age. Huh? I hope you're not an old man, because you and I are the same age. Well, I don't I don't have your color hair yet, but... but uh, I'm aging. I'm aging, and I'm okay with it. It's better than the alternative. <laughs> but uh, Mark and I have known each other since basically ninth grade. First day I saw him, we were having a neighborhood party because it was a brand-new neighborhood, and he was wearing the exact same pair of shorts I was wearing. And I think since that day, we were connected. <laughs> you know, we should, should we share um, what color that is, too? It was a weird color, too, wasn't it? It was orange, yep. sort of a plaid thing going on, if I recall, blue nobody, and Nobody who knows me is going to believe that. Black or yeah. something. Gonna, nobody like, who knows I me think. is going to believe that. <laughs> hey, it was, it was, they were nice. Yes. <laughs> uh, for, but, um, go ahead. So that was in Oklahoma City. And, we grew up in Oklahoma the, City. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that was all in Oklahoma City, and after, I don't know, a few years, Mark moved away to Kansas. Uh, I remained in Oklahoma up into my 30s, I believe it was, late 20s, early 30s. 
uh, and moved up to um, Colorado. Up there for up here for a while. Got married. Got divorced. Moved to California. Got married. Moved back to Denver. Got divorced. Um, I have three three chick three kids. Uh, I have a stepson and two daughters. They seem to be all productive kids in the in the world today, which makes me pretty proud. Um, I've worked diligently since out of college before I graduated, but it, it, I was just not. I was struggling in college. I was having too much fun and not studying like everybody else from the seventies. Um, but life's been good. I mean, overall, I've, I've done okay. And I retired 10 years ago, give or take, uh, not because I really wanted to. The company went through the, the 9-11 downturn and let a bunch of people go. And I have not worked for a company since that point in time, but I do... Um, handyman stuff now, and I just run my own little company with me, and occasionally I hire a few helpers. Okay. That's that's kind of the life in a nutshell. Okay. Well, we've had similar in terms of uh, relationships, that's for sure. I, I, let's go back to the early days, though, in Oklahoma in terms of those were good days for us as we kind of ran rampant in the Oklahoma City area. Um, we, we were golfers, Right. And we we were, I believe we still are. We still are. And we hung around, we lived really near a public golf course that was real nice to hang around. And as I remember, we did all sorts of questionable activities um, in those years, out all night, doing all sorts of stuff. Is that the way you remember it? We did all sorts of stuff. I don't remember staying out all night, but um, I'm sure that did happen occasionally. I remember a story where we borrowed, we'll say, my mother's station wagon before we were 16 and drove it around the lake road, and you were hanging on to the back. Yeah, I do remember that, too. I was driving, and you got thrown off and, and uh, collected a lot of gravel. In my hands, yeah. I remember that, too. And we couldn't, we couldn't tell our parents about it at all, so we had to do the doctoring ourselves and... <laughs> Boy, did I feel bad for you. Yes, it hurt. That did hurt. That did hurt. Do you remember the, here's the thing that I remember. Down the street was a um, a lady who was about our age, and her dad was a Jim Beam salesman. And he kept cracked bottles, cases of bourbon in his garage. Do you remember that? Yeah, down the corner from us. Was he, that on your street? No. Was, was that on by, your street? No, the street that you lived off of, down at the corner. And she would always get us bottles of uh, Jim Beam, cracked bottles of Jim Beam. Do you remember that? See, I'm an alcoholic, so I tend to remember that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, re I, I do remember uh, that to some degree. And I think I know who you're talking about. She was um, a year or so younger than us, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Well. Yeah, remember and friends of, friends of my neighbor across the street, uh, Terry... It seems like her name might have been Karen, but I can't really remember. 
But I don't remember the, her dad working for Jim Bean. That's funny. Yeah, it is. Oh, we also worked at the golf. We also worked at a golf course together. We worked at the same golf course eventually, and we would borrow cases of beer out of the restaurant and put them in the near the dumpster for trash to be picked up. And we'd go back later and consume the beer. Kind of. Do you remember that? Yes, we just yes, we did. We did that to save money and to. Uh, <laughs> Just enjoy life, actually. That's, I think with what I, as I look back on our lives, uh, I should have been locked up a long time ago. And I think <laughs> it's a combination <laughs> of attitudes in the 70s or whatever it was and early 80s and a combination of, I think we lived in the largest area city in the country and we had the fewest police. Yes, we so, did. so we had no police. There was no police ever. There was never a policeman around. Well, but, and, and they didn't care about, we weren't. We weren't, you know, raping and pillaging the world. We were just, we were just kids and uh, driving around drunk and I, we can we can validate, Mark. <laughs> we can validate what we did with the movies that come out and talk about the '60s and '70s, where you know people just got away with with not doing anything because as long as you weren't a hardcore person, what yeah. you were doing. And then I think uh, I got. I remember. Go ahead. I remember being out with about five or six guys, and we were we were actually at a bar. It was on a Sunday. Uh, the what was it? The Red Dog. Do you remember? I don't know. <laughs> Something dog bar. And oh we were yeah, there I do. It was on Tenth oh, Street. It was on Tenth Street. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's the one. Okay. But we're driving home, and the lights turning red, and this guy next to me puts his foot over and stomps on the gas pedal. So I end up running the light, not my intention, and got pulled over. And there were like six of us in my old station wagon, and the policeman let us off with a warning. Yep, yep, yep. That's, uh, that was the that luck. Was, that was dead luck. That was what? That, well, that was the way life was then. Yeah, it was, it was uh, a different era, thank goodness. And then again... I've got nephews. I'm sure not my my kids, <laughs> but I've got I've got nephews that tell me stories of things they've done, and the police are are have, they've been caught doing things, and the police have been very very generous with what they're doing, and that's here in Colorado, and they're fairly strict here, mm-hmm. but they seem to give kids. Um, some sort of leniency. That's because you guys are all you guys are all high now. You guys are all high smoking marijuana, right? Oh yeah! I, oh, absolutely. The mm-hmm. whole city is one great big <laughs> smoke cloud. <laughs> I, and then I actually I, I married your cousin, right? You did marry my cousin, who uh, I can't find her anymore. I don't know where she moved. Is. To, she moved to Colorado for a while with another husband. Nice guy. She got the Denver, she got the couch. I remember that. She took your couch? She took the couch, yeah. That was part of the divorce. Eh, well, you, prob- well, you probably made out pretty well not staying with that one. <laughs> and I had a crush on your sister, too. I know. Your older sister. That was kind of cool. Well, both of my sisters are older, but I'm sure I know which one. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, uh, the other one wouldn't pay off for you, so yeah, that, <laughs> that worked. So, and then the, uh, I think we, uh, you and I tended to 
part company for a while when, uh, let's say, it was a close call for you and a new direction for me when I got arrested in Southern California, and we kind of lost track after that. And um, that began my, little did I know that that was going to begin my um, lifelong kind of ambition to uh, spend some time incarcerated and then to get out and try to start working with people after incarceration. But uh, it was an interesting process for me. So that's when we kind of parted company. And if you're listening to us, we've kind of gone back and forth, but we've never really spoken too much over the years because, heck, Mark's always been in prison. So, um, well, that's true. And we also lived in different sort of areas and stuff. But we're working on that now as we we talk. Uh, So tell me about. Absolutely correct. So tell me about uh, travels and stuff in, the, in that time where I've been all incarcerated and what have you been doing with your life? Was it a good life for you? You know, overall, Mark, I, I, uh, I have no complaints. And I saw something interesting, I think, even this morning. And you might, you might recognize this, that uh, you know, the things, or maybe we talked about this the other day, everything that you've done through your whole life, there's no real reason to totally regret it because it got to where we are today mm-hmm. and and it makes absolute sense i mean i've done stupid things in my life <laughs> and i uh, i i picked up on that in my head yeah. uh and i've done some i've done some pretty nice and good things in my life and i'm hoping overall they weigh out balance those stupid dumb and bad things that i've done but i i'm here i'm alive um and I've been, I've been, I've been lucky. I've been blessed. I've been, I've got, I've got really, really good friends. You included, of course. And you know, you're right. The years that we didn't talk, you were, you were incarcerated. You were also out in, I believe, California, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, and I was in in Oklahoma and or uh, Colorado. I did, I did spend some time in California, Northern California with my second marriage. Um, and, you know, when you're trying to do life, family, school, children, no, you get all wives, right. yeah. no, I understand. You, it's, you're busy. You're yeah. really busy. So well, you do think, let things slip. I didn't talk to anybody in Oklahoma either. So. Yeah, I think the cool thing about this is uh, you're gonna, we're going to we'll close with this, but we're working on a, a situation where I'm going to get to go to Colorado soon, so he and I are going to get to spend a few days and so catch up and stuff and it's just been something that's been uh, I've wanted to do for a while and we've got that opportunity and in part that's what sparked this telephone call and this uh, appearance on the show but before we get to that I want to I know that uh, so much of my life has been dealt with addictions and poor choices in my life and I know that I I think of your dad but it doesn't sound like you were touched by that addiction because I know your dad had and it had issues with drinking, and um, I, I talked to you about this before we did it. But I have this image of your dad, who was his dad was the sweetest dude. He'd always make us breakfast, and he he was a great guy. But we came home one time, one afternoon, and the sprinkler was on the front yard, and he was had one of those hand fertilizers, and he was walking around in his boxer shorts, fertilizing the front yard, and um, I thought, wow, hey, this is pretty cool, um, but. <laughs> that, that that was your dad, but that's not that you did you didn't have those you didn't have those issues basically. Is my question to you? Uh, no, I, I I've been I've been fortunate and, and probably 
in part because of my dad. Only, you know, he was a he was I think kind of a unique alcoholic because really during the during mornings and days he wouldn't drink and when he drank he didn't drink he did not drink openly he drank in his truck or he'd go to the bathroom because he'd have a bottle of really cheap cheap wine hidden away and he'd go in there and you know take a few belts and then he would just go to sleep Mm -hmm. you know his day was done and I, I, I kind of get where he, where he was coming from, sort of in a, in a, you know, long family history kind of way. But that really drove me away from when things bother me. I, I tend not to drink because I, that's what I think my dad. Did. If things bothered him, that's what that's the first place he would turn. Yeah, if I, he was happy, yeah. that's the first place he would turn. Yeah, I think that's in, in the in the years towards my end of my major addiction. That's exactly the way I was. I was a quiet, hidden kind of drinker that I tried to keep from the world, but uh, it didn't uh, pan out that way. I mean, the only way I got sober was get sent to to prison here in in Idaho, and so. But but I always kind of I've always had that image of your dad and. Uh, linked to me in some way deep down in the recesses there. But well, it's good to know that you've kind of gotten out of that situation. It also appears that um, you are you are a person who shies away from social media totally. Is that pretty much the case? I don't see your, your Facebook I, uh, page is not a major deal. You've got... I don't... I, I check out social media. I started really doing it because, you know, I, I have children. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't really post anything about about me and what's going on. And I'll, you know why, Mark? No, I don't. It's because That's I am. I, I am really a boring person. <laughs> I don't do. I don't do anything fun. I don't. I, I'm just flat out boring. No one needs to hear about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not so sure about that. But I know that one of the media's we're coming up on a major. Um, reunion for high school and i know that you connect with that one and they've been nice enough even though i didn't graduate from putnam city to let me invite me back for that one so i know you're on her facebook thing and i see you on there every once in a while kind of keeping track of people because um yeah i know that you link there every once in a while well and i keep track of you as well so that's good somebody does somebody needs to yeah Yeah, it's a a dirty job. Someone's got to do it. That's right. The cool thing about this, too, is that uh, um, there's a conference in Denver uh, that I need to make an appearance at, and I booked three, I think, two and a half extra days, and I'm going to get to come over and uh, visit you and kind of connect and spend some time and kind of catch up, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. So that happens, I think, the end of August. So I'm looking forward to that. I am, too, and by the way, that's Sunday. Uh, I believe OU is on TV. Oh, what a, oh big deal. Who are they playing? <laughs> See, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Alder, Mr. Alder is an OU Sooner, and if you haven't listened to me, I'm a Kansas Jayhawk. So uh, it'll be so exciting to watch the Oklahoma beat up on whoever they beat up on. But, but yeah, yeah, it'll be good. We'll do that. I'm looking forward okay, to it. Okay, sounds, that sounds definitely like a good plan. And what we're going to have to do, too, is as we go forward, we're going to have to figure out how to get you to Idaho. You have to promise, though, if you come to Idaho, that you don't move here because there's far too many people here already. So, but you're gonna have to come out here and see uh, Boise and see what's happening here. 
Yes. Okay. So I'm yeah, looking forward like to it. Idea. I'm looking forward to it. Anything else you want to share with uh, people who are listening to you have been, um, let's see, they're good people. A lot of them are incarcerated or listening to my voice today. Uh, a lot of people are on parole walking around, and a lot of people are just trying to figure out, um, why didn't you keep me on the straight and narrow, maybe? I mean, you know, how come you didn't, how come you let me go astray? I, why did you do that? You're my best friend. Why did you do that? I was uh, I was enamored with you. <laughs> I mean, so I didn't think you could do any wrong. What the hell did I know? I was a kid, and all I did was do wrong. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, but that was I don't know. I guess that's sort of the way we sort of rolled. I have it, that's one thing I've never figured out why I didn't just continue to go in one direction versus another and I did a lot of zigzagging. Well, that's okay. Did you congratulations. You didn't follow me. That would have been a that wouldn't have been a good path to follow. So, um thank you for doing this for me, buddy. I appreciate that. Uh, I look forward to talking to you in um a couple of weeks. Uh this was brave just to say, "Hey, let's be on the radio and um uh yeah, courageous." So, I I thank you. I'm looking forward to um you and I spending some time together. Well, I am too, and and to uh, your listeners out there, I think you call them the people in the desert. People in the desert. Those, what uh, you don't know is that every prison in the state of Idaho is located just over a hill from Boise, and they call it the desert. There's eight prisons out there. Oh, yeah. no, I did not know that. That's why I call people but, in the desert. But uh, keep listening to this guy. He's um, He's a pretty good guy, so listen to him and... And go to the, what is it, IMS? IMSI. Uh, I'm going to teach you all that. Yeah, come out to the, when you get done, come see us at our office. Okay, that's that's basically what Bruce is trying to say. Thank you very much, buddy. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, hang on a second. We'll get right back. You will know a vision. You will know to saved us. You will know to rescued us from the grave. Glorious you reign now. All creation cries out. You alone are king. Okay, as you can tell, sometimes I get lucky. I get to do my friend and Bruce Alder I've known for uh, too far too many years. And I'm looking forward to be able to see him again and connect. Uh, if you need to get out in touch with us about anything I spoke about today, uh, we're really easy to reach. You can reach out to us at www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can reach me on email, systemicchangeofidaho, all spelled out at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. You can even call me on the phone at area code 208-477-1006. Look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.